Welcome back to the Monocle, where we keep an eye on Dynasty football. On today's show, we're going to be going over some veteran players that we think have gained value that we want to actually go out and trade for. Uh, you know, they've gained value, whether it be from the draft or free agency. We have a, a couple players that we're going to buy low on, and then we have a couple players that we're actually going to try and buy high on. And, uh, you know, I think I think Crescent's player is probably a little bit more of a, an actual buy high, whereas mine might be a little iffy, but it was still somebody that I wanted to bring up, and, and I'll give you a reason why. Uh, so I'll go ahead and bring Crescent on. How are you doing today? Um, I'm doing all right, actually. I feel feeling much better this week than I was last week. Had a few good things. Like I got my new mic, so hopefully this sounds better for our listeners. Um, and I, I've just kind of had some good feedback from students this week, too. So I, I'm feeling a little bit rejuvenated this week, which I definitely needed. Definitely been feeling very, like, down and just kind of out of place. Also had a few good good threads that have brought a lot of people to follow me on Twitter. So if you're not already following um, John or I, I definitely recommend you go to our, our Twitter page and you can you can see both of our accounts. But um, we've been putting out a lot of really good content this week and getting a lot of good feedback. So I've been really happy with it. How about you? How have you been doing? Yeah, I think for whatever reason, last week was just rough for everyone. It seems like, I mean, almost everyone I've talked to just was having a rough week. Uh, you know, like I said it before, you know, with my kids, I was having a rough week, you were having a rough week. Uh, so, you know, this week's definitely been better. Uh, I worked a very long day today, but I'm, I'm happy to be on here talking some football and uh <laughs> and not dealing with work things anymore i i'm very happy that you have a mic because i know we you know we've had some issues in the past with uh things cutting out and whatever so he i'm now i'm just jealous that i don't have the same mic because it's because it's pretty nice so you're saying you have you have mic envy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do I, I have mic envy for sure and uh but you know like i said i'm just happy uh, that that you have that now and uh, I'll probably be ordering one here pretty shortly <laughs> uh, like he was saying uh, Crescent's been putting out a lot of good threads in fact everyone at 24 7 uh, fantasy football 24 7 has been uh, putting out a lot of good stuff um, mostly everyone else I'm really just dealing with the podcast side of things <laughs> I really don't get into threads and and all that but you've put out your solo pod even though i disagree with some of your <laughs> your information on there but you have your solo pod that's been doing pretty well you know as well so like we're we're trying to implement new stuff um and one of those things is the solo pod that john offers which is which will be about 15 minutes so nice easy quick listen for for anyone that wants some fresh hot takes from from john yeah and i guess you know now that i'm thinking about it this is the first podcast that we've done since we joined with uh ff ball all day and and fantasy football 24 7 uh so we should probably go over that a little bit uh you know you want to go over exactly what they're all about and i guess what i should say what we're all about and then um you know what we're going to be putting out and, and especially with like the patreon and everything all right so we recently joined up with fantasy football 24 7 and they have a Patreon site, they have a Facebook page and things like that. And we are going to be offering up special roundtable podcasts with us and the other members of the Fantasy Football 24-7 family, where a couple times a month, we're going to sit down and have discussions on topics that our Patreon followers want us to, to talk about. So you'll be getting a lot of different inputs and a lot of different perspectives instead of just John and I's um, 
you know, views on these different things. And we've been kind of putting back and forth on what exactly we want to cover in those, but we really want to get input from the people that are signed up for the Patreon. Um, on top of that, with the Patreon site, you get articles that are written by either myself or Andrew. We also have dynasty rankings. We have um, trade tips. We have our rankings just for rookie drafts. Um, we have special inside information because of the connections that um, some members of the fantasy football 24 seven family have with the NFL and NFL teams. And so when we get information, we try to release that. Like I know specifically um, FF ball all day has, has talked about how we had information about Phil Rivers signing with the Colts, you know, way in advance of anyone releasing that information on ESPN or anything like that. So that's the kind of stuff that you can get um, from the, I can't remember the name of the tier, but it's the highest tier. I want to say it's like the legends tier um, that we have on the, on the Patreon site. So those are just some things. Um, If you're interested, go look around, check it out. Um, You can always give us feedback as well, but, and you can also just join the Facebook page where we're trying to build our own little community and have people ask questions where we answer and we post, um, you know, some of the tidbits that we have and some of the threads that we put onto Twitter. So if you miss them, you can find them there. But we're really just trying to connect with as many people as possible and reach out with all this different content. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, like Kristen said, we're going to be doing the Patreon shows, the roundtables, uh, you know, and, and everything. But we're we're also still going to be doing our free shows. And, and, and you know, you're not going to lose your, your podcast that you listen to now. We're just going to be putting out more podcasts and, and doing more work because uh, we're trying to give you guys as, as much info as possible. Uh, speaking of which, let's go ahead and, and dive into what we're doing today. So we're going to start with a favorite vet that we want to buy low on right now. And I'm going to let Crescent go first. So I actually put out a poll, I think it was on draft night, um, asking who had lost the most value in people's eyes. And the guy that overwhelmingly um, was voted to have lost the most value was Michael Gallup. And it's understandable. Cowboys draft CeeDee Lamb, who was considered by a lot of people to be like the best wide receiver prospect in this draft. Um, people are still drafting him extremely high. A lot of people are taking him as wide receiver one in rookie drafts, but I'm not exactly convinced that Gallup's going to just disappear and go away. And so I'm going to kind of outline some of those reasons and why I think he's a good person to buy low. Um, currently I put out a poll today asking who would you rather have, um, Mims, Denzel Mims, who's a, you know, early second round pick in rookie drafts or Gallup. And it was split. It was about 51-49 last I checked. So that kind of shows you where Gallup's falling. And if I can get Michael Gallup for a second round pick, even like a decently early second round pick, I'm going to jump all over that. I'm going to take advantage of this rookie hype. Um, So Dallas itself has lost three of its biggest key defensive pieces from last year. They lost Robert Quinn, uh, Michael Bennett, and Byron Jones. Now they've tried to replace them with people like Alden Smith, who is not even... I think eligible to play games yet. Um, they also have Randy Gregory, who also has been suspended for the last year and a half. They added a rookie cornerback. This defense got weaker, and they're going to be relying on this offense to score more points. And so it's going to put the team in a place where they're going to have to throw the ball because that's going to be the way that they win. They're not going to be able to grind out and rely on their defense and just kind of hand off to Zeke a bunch. They're going to have to throw the ball just like they did last year. 
So it's likely that we see the Cowboys throw the ball 600 plus times. Um, it's kind of the style that Moore has when he took over. Um, and we know from our past talks, from our you know talks with Peter Howard, that players earned targets. And Michael Gallup earned the highest target share percentage per game on the Cowboys last year. And that's when you know they have players like Amari and Zeke and Witten and everything like that. He was the guy who averaged the most targets per game. Um, he's not just some average player that you know has no one around him, so he's just racking up targets that way, right? It's not like Kelvin Benjamin was in the with the Panthers, where there's like no competition, so Cam's throwing Kelvin Benjamin the ball a bunch. This is a guy who has legitimate people around him, and he's taking advantage of it and getting those targets because he is a good player. On top of that, with Amari coming back, Amari's going to be seeing a lot of those wide or sorry, a lot of those QB ones. That leaves weaker cornerbacks to t- go up against um, Gallup. He's going to eat. He's going to thrive off of that. And he already showed that last year when he was doing that in the same situations. We add on to- top of that a shortened offseason that's going to hurt all rookies, but particularly is going to hurt, hurt rookie wide receivers, right? They have to learn the playbook. They have to work with the quarterback. They're not building rapport. And while CD is a great prospect, we've seen really good rookie wide receivers take a while to even latch on with the team. Um, you add in a shortened offseason, and we're going to see that expanded even more. I went back and I looked at number of targets for the top rookie wide receivers over the last five years, right? And last year, the highest was DK with 100. Um, the year before that was Ridley with 92. The year before that was Cup with 94. Then we have Thomas with 121 and Amari with 130. So, of all the guys, I went and looked at like the top three for each of those years. The only guy who really had two comparable wide receivers um, to this situation with Gallup and Amari for just like CD has was Michael Thomas. Um, and he had Brandon Cooks. And then the other wide receiver was Willie Sneed. Um, and even the year that Thomas had 121 targets, Sneed still had 100 targets. So even if you think, that CD is going to just explode and have 120 targets, which history has shown us that's probably not going to happen. He could get to 100 targets. I'm not saying he won't. Um, I don't think he will because, like I said earlier, I'm not expecting much from rookie wide receivers. But even with that happening, there's still a lot of targets to go around for Gallup and for Amari. And I could see all. I could see a, a situation where all three of these guys have 100 targets. Right. And people are acting like Gallup's just going to disappear. Like he's going to magically have only 80 targets or something like that. Like he's going to move into that cop role and CD will jump into Gallup's role from last year. And I'm just not buying that. And with the second round price tag right now, I'm going out and snatching him up because he's still young. He has two more years um, in Dallas at the very least. And I think, you know, when it comes time when they have to reevaluate with Amari's contract being it, with them being able to get out of Amari's contract, with Gallup's contract coming out, we could see a situation where maybe they go with a younger guy like Gallup and he stays with that DAC connection. But I just think he, he's going too cheap. People are overreacting. There's been an overcorrection, right? I don't think that he's necessarily going to be the same guy as last year, but I think people were pushed it way too far to where he's just too cheap for me to ignore. And if someone's selling him for a second, I'm trying to trying to grab him. No, I, I think you made a lot of great points there. And honestly, I was probably one of those people that uh, was kind of guilty of the whole, like, Gallup's just dead thing. And, you know, it's 
it's probably not true. I mean, the fact that they are going to throw the ball so much, like he's going to get targeted regardless, even if he ends up being the third tar- you know, targeted player on that team, he's still going to get targets. Um, I do think, a co- you know, I, I do have a couple of opinions about it. I do think CD Lamb will, uh, you know, eventually take over that that second spot. Now, how long that takes, you know, that's that's the question. Um, if they don't have an off season, obviously it's going to take a little bit longer. But I think there is going to be a sweet spot where even if you do buy him right now, that you might want to sell him if he has, you know, a couple good games, like maybe you know, beginning of the season, middle of the season. Because I do think by the end of the season, C.D. Lamb does take that second spot over, and then you have lost your, you know, you have lost that uh, that value. Now, if you're just trying to get somebody to help you because you really need a, a wide receiver three uh, to win this year, then just go ahead and get them, and don't worry about the value drop at that point. But you know, if you're if you're doing this for value purposes, then I think it's not a bad idea to go ahead and buy them now. But I, I would do that with the intent of selling them at some point in the season. Um, and like I said, that, that can be kind of tough because you have to choose the right week. Now it's always possible. Cause I mean, he's a good player. He's going to have, he's probably going to have some big weeks. So, I mean, it's definitely possible. It's just, you have to, you have to be on top of it and you have to choose those right weeks. Now, what did you say that the, um, the MEMS poll ended up being, was it 50 fit? I know it was 50, 50 split it, it at was one close point. To, it was close to 50, 50. Um, I can try to pull it up right now, but I, I just want to say that I agree too. Like this is like stocks, right? Like we're looking at gallops at like a dip. You buy the dip when he has a few good weeks in the season. If you really don't believe he can continue to carry that. Now I personally do believe he can because I believe in the talent from what I've watched um, and watching a lot of Dallas games. So I think he can carry it on, but if you don't, you have that chance to sell. And so you bought him for a second, maybe you can sell him for a 21 first. And with a loaded draft class from the 21 crew, like that's a perfect opportunity for you, you know, like I said, for you to take advantage. It's exactly 50-50 between Gallops and Mims. And that's with 150 votes. Now, 150 is not like a huge amount of people voting. Um, I'm not going to like make it out to be like it is. But that gives you some sense of where people are valuing him. And not that I don't think Denzel Mims is a good prospect or even you know that I don't like Mims I like him as a prospect but if I have a chance to take someone who's a little more proven who I'm going to get immediate production from I'm going to take Gallup in that situation I think it's a ceiling versus floor kind of argument you know I think that Mims probably has the the much higher ceiling whereas you know Gallup probably has a much higher floor and so it's going to kind of be how risk adverse you are and you know if you and, and, you know, maybe the smart thing is to buy Gallup now, uh, you know, for a, a mid-second or whatever you can get. Now, that's the other thing I wanted to bring up is, like, I know, you know, a couple of weeks ago before the draft, people were asking for, like, mid-first for Gallup. And so, obviously, you know, it's it's made a substantial drop since then. But I, I still have, feel like you're going to have owners that are going to want to hold on to that mid-first value, even if they know that they can't get it. Uh, they're just not going to want to sell for a second. And so it might be difficult to buy them, but there's also going to be owners that are completely panicking and will sell them for a second. So it's definitely worth a shot. Uh, But if you can get them for a mid second and then maybe trade for Mims, like I said, you know, after Gallup has one of those big games or something like that, then, you know, that might be the way to do it. Cause if, if Mims starts out slow, then people are going to want to sell him. And then like you said, with the stock market, just, you know, you're, you're buying high or you're buying low, selling high and, and doing all that. 
Yeah. So looking at the the schedule real quick because it got released, right? Um, oh yeah. The first five weeks they faced the Rams, the Falcons, the Seahawks, the Browns, the Giants, and the Cardinals. So not exactly like defensive pass juggernauts. Um, some of them have some QB ones that could potentially cause you know are not going to be on him. They're going to be on Amari. And maybe that leads to a few more targets funneled his way. And with CD still trying to learn the offense, like I think that's kind of a great startup, you know, first five weeks for someone like Gallup to, to kind of have a really strong start. And you could potentially flip if, like I said, like if you're really believing that he's going to, that CD is going to rise up over him at some point in the season, boom, there's like a great opportunity there. So just something to think about. Um, who's the vet that you, you're thinking about buying low on? Yeah, that's a great point about the start of the season with him. Um, I, I dove a little bit deeper on on mine uh, just because we've talked about a lot of the guys that, you know, maybe I would have talked about. Um, you know, like I literally did a podcast yesterday about Raheem Mostert, but, you know, he's going as the 34th running back in Dynasty right now. And, you know, even, even if you don't agree with what I talked about on the last pod, 34th seems pretty crazy at this point. And then, uh, you know, I kind of considered uh, Tyler Lockett as well because he's going as the 30th receiver overall in uh, Dynasty Startups. And that seems a little crazy too. I mean, he finished with an injury-riddled season. He still finishes the 16th overall wide receiver last season. So, um, But I wanted to dive a little bit deeper and not talk about the same guys. So I wanted to talk about Marvin Jones. And, you know, he's someone that I think we brought up, you know, just kind of in passing, but we've never really, like – dove deep on him or anything and it's just once again looking at at the uh, dynasty startup ADP he's going as the 63rd wide receiver right now and I know that he's 30 but and I know people are ageist especially in dynasty <laughs> but you know how many 30 year old wide receivers have won people championships you know it, it happens all the time now obviously the whole reason why I'm saying this is because you are being, you're, you are able to buy him low. I mean, if you can get Gallup for a mid-second, you got to be able to get Marvin Jones for a third, I would assume. Um, at the very least, a late second. But, you know, the way people are falling in love with these rookies, if they still have a rookie draft going on, you should be able to trade when uh, when Ch Chase Claypool is sitting there. You know, you, you should be able to trade somebody uh, that pick for Marvin Jones. So are you are you telling me I can flip you one of my twenty one seconds for Marvin Jones? <laughs> now we're we gonna have our first ever on on pod trade. Now in that <laughs> league, if I had any kind, if that was one of my normal leagues, I might actually do it. Even though like I love Marvin Jones, and so I wouldn't do it. I, I wouldn't uh, necessarily want to do it in just about any league. But in that league, especially. I can't give up any of my starters. <laughs> you, you know that. I have no depth whatsoever. So I, uh, unfortunately, I won't be able to do that unless, uh, unless it was a first, which no one's going to pay. So <laughs> he's shaking his head now. Um, so, you know, when you dive a little deeper on, on Jones, you look at it, he had 14.9 points per game last year, which was 19th overall. Uh, now, obviously, that was a little skewed by some of his big games. But, you know, the fact that you're talking about probably your wide receiver four, uh, for most people, maybe even your wide receiver five, uh, the fact that he can go out and put up a 40-point week for you, you know, and, and you're able to put him in there uh, in bye weeks and, and uh, you know, through injuries, just that fact, if you can go get him for a third-round pick, I mean, that could be the difference between you making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. 
or, you know, winning a game, not winning a game. And it's not just like he, he only can do, you know, the giant games or anything like that. He, you know, while he didn't have some amazing season last year, there were still some, you know, there were still a lot of double digit points. There was uh, games in the twenties and the, you know, obviously he had 10 point games. Uh, I say a 12.7, 19.9, 13, uh, obviously the 43.3 uh, that everyone remembers against Minnesota, 26.6 point week, 22.1. I mean, he had a lot of good games last year and he had what four games in the top 12 of receivers. Um, so that half of that season was with without Matthew Stafford. And so, you know, you're talking about, what was it, David Blau? And um, I don't remember who the other uh, quarterback was, but you know, it definitely wasn't Stafford for the entire season. And so if you talk about, you know, if Stafford can stay healthy, which might be a big if at this point, but if he can stay healthy, healthy you know, I could definitely see at the very least a top 24 season and possibly even better than that. You know what, though? Uh, not to, you know, minimalize what him and Galladay were able to do. Um, Jeff Driscoll was the other oh, quarterback. Yeah, there you go. But yep. th- those guys actually had a few games where they just were chucking the ball, right? Like, and Luke, <laughs> I know um, David Blau looks like someone's accountant, but I remember the the game, and the first game he started it was against the Bears, I think, and he just was just chucking deep balls, and somehow the wide receivers were coming down with them. Um, but I agree, you know, if you switch to Stafford, you're going to have much, much better um, numbers for these, for both Galladay and for Marvin Jones. And I definitely think Marvin Jones is overlooked because of his age. And people are, you also have to remember he's in a contra- contract year. Um, he wants to try to squeak out one more payday um, of some kind. So he's really motivated to ball out this year. Yeah, I mean, he's still at a 20% target share last season. And, you know, obviously, you know, Galladay's, you know, going to be the the number one there. Galladay had a 21.1% target share and Marvin Jones had a 20.2% target share. I mean, they're basically like 1A, 1B for the offense. And that's why you see, like, on any given week, Galladay will go off and be the number one receiver, like literally the number one receiver overall for that week. And then the next week, it'll be Marvin Jones. And maybe you can't always, you know, bank on it being, you know, being that week that it's going to blow up. But like I said, if you're just talking about your wide receiver four, wide receiver five, and you're just banking on, you know, bye weeks and, and injury fill-ins, then uh, I, there's so many other receivers. I, or he's, I would rather have him over so many other receivers. Um, and then uh, Creston had just mentioned the air yards. He was actually 28th in air yards uh, for wide receivers in 2019. And so – he he had oh I, oops I'm back on Galladay's page. <laughs> you you actually you have that number in our show sheet the 28th in your air yards that's why I asked because I went real quick to look because you know he missed the last three games of the year he actually was 20th in all the game like when you subtract those three weeks he was 20th in air yards so Ooh. even better um, and it, you know that's something to keep in mind as well. Yeah, I did. I just did a quick look at it and I saw the 28th. But yeah, that makes it even better. I mean, if he's and I mean, we know if you've ever watched Marvin Jones play, I mean, he that's that's his game. He's an air yards kind of quarterback or quarterback. Jeez. He's an air yards kind of wide receiver. And, you know, we that's what we want. I mean, you know, people have have shown 
Yeah, I mean, I think Josh Hermsmeyer shows you, you know, all the time. Like, that's why he created his website, airyards.com, that, you know, that's who you want. You want people that are getting the ball thrown to them in the air and not just little dump offs and, and things of that nature. So, you know, we don't have to, like, harp on Jones for, for long. It's just go buy them. Go, go throw a third at someone. If, if it takes two thirds, throw two thirds at them. You know, if <laughs> this year's third and a 21 third, like, to me, that's still – anything that I'd be doing. In fact, I'd probably pay a second for him if I actually needed someone, you know, and, and I drafted him in, in our league that we have together because I actually needed that depth. I needed that player. No, I'm sorry. I traded for him. I, I forgot that. I, I actually traded for him. I threw, had him uh, thrown into a, a, a bigger trade with Amari Cooper. And, uh, you know, I was pretty happy about that. Yeah. I was actually outbid at the end of the draft for him. I really wanted him, but I just didn't have any money left. <laughs> because I put down $2 for Marvin Jones and then Aaron Wilcox bid an extra dollar on him. So this was a guy I've been targeting as well for a while. And so I was really kind of pissed that I missed out on him. <laughs> and now so, I got him. Yeah, I know. Now I know I'm not getting them. So exactly. um, let's switch over to talk about the vet that we want to buy high on. So I'll start us off again with the guy. I mean, it's tough to call him a vet, but Miles Sanders. Um, he is someone that if I have the ability to go get, even though his price tag is pretty high, I'm going to do it. And here's some of the reasons why. Um, obviously in the draft, Philly didn't grab any running backs who are going to be a threat to him at all. And there's no Jordan Howard anymore. He's gone. Sanders is there to take over the majority touches in that backfield even with Boston Scott on the team post Howard. So when Howard went down, Boston Scott started to play a little more. Sanders still maintained over a 70% snap share in five of the seven games. One of those games, he got hurt in the second quarter with an ankle sprain and left. And that's when I think it was like one of the last weeks and Boston Scott like went ham and everyone was going crazy over him. Um, He's still super young. Philly invested a really high pick in him. They're not going to be looking to replace him anytime soon. Um, so you can kind of expect him to be the guy this year and the next two years at least. And for running backs, it's kind of what you're looking for is, you know, can I get a three-year window with them? And I think he provides that. He's already shown he's been a huge threat as a receiver out of the backfield. That's kind of how he was making his living early on when Jordan Howard was carrying the ball more. He was putting up double-digit games because he was just catching the ball and going with it. Um, we also can probably expect some positive TD regressions. He only had three rushing TDs last year. I can almost guarantee that number is going to go up this year. He's going to get more touches inside the red zone. They don't have a back that does that on that team. He is the best back for that, right? You're not putting Boston Scott in on the goal line. Um, I don't even think you're going to put Corey Clement in on the goal line compared to someone like Miles Sanders. And so People, you know, they kind of talk about how he was the only healthy guy towards the end of the year because I know they had a bunch of injuries. They were jotting out, you know, practice squad wide receivers and things like that. And J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who couldn't catch a cold, he probably can't even catch the coronavirus if you dumped him in New York right now. But, you know, no offense to J.J., but he was just really bad last year. And so even though they have some legitimate outside receiver wide receivers now, their defense defenses aren't going to be able to focus in on Sanders like they were, you know, at the end of last year, they have to actually account for some of these guys, like even Alshon for the two or three games that he's healthy or Deshaun for the two games he's healthy before he 
blows his, you know, his hamstring again or has another injury. Um, they have Ragor at least now out there as well. And so because they try to work on improving that offense, that's going to lead to more opportunities for success. And as we know, the better the offense, the better opportunities, the more scoring that can happen for your players. And that's something you want to look for, particularly in wide receivers is you, or sorry, running backs is you want to have them in offenses that are going to score more. And I think Philly is going to start doing that. And I know Miles Sanders is expensive. People aren't selling him cheap, but I think he's someone whose value is just going to continue to, to climb over the next few years. And if I'm looking to buy someone, I'm looking to buy someone who's young and really good. And I think Miles Sanders fits that. So like you said, I mean, obviously, you know, you're buying him high. You're not saying like he's a steal right now or anything. So what, you know, what would you be willing to pay for him? Because I feel like he might be untouchable at this point to the the majority of the owners that actually have Sanders. I think unless you're just willing to pay out, out the butt, then, you know, I don't know. So what would you be willing to pay? So I, I'd be willing to send one of my, like, in my last draft, I had one three and one four. I'd be willing to offer up either one of those and see, see if that's something that would entice them. Um, if I have to add on a little more, I would um, just strictly because I really believe in Sanders going forward. And I think that he's going to provide more immediate production, even with these running backs. Like there's a great set of running backs and everyone knows how much I love JK Dobbins, right? It might take him a little while to get, you know, going in that offense and Sanders is going to give me that instant production and the following year's production as well. So, you know, if I'm trading 1.3 for Sanders, I would do it. And I'm not sure if other people would take that. I think they might because the rookie hype right now is just like off the rails, but I re that's how much I really believe in Sanders. Yeah, no, I was just curious. And honestly, like, I think that's what it would take. And, you know, it would take that rookie fever to kick in and somebody to really love Dobbins or Akers or one of those players to really get them. So I don't, I mean, that definitely makes sense. And I think, you know, if you can get him for that price, you know, it's not a, a bad thing. The only thing I'm a little concerned with uh, as far as Sanders is concerned is banking on the end of last year because there was no other options to throw to. It was literally Sanders and the tight ends and, you know, Sanders had a ridiculous amount of receptions and, you know, air yards. I mean, they were literally using him as a receiver. And now, obviously, like, we learned that he can do it. And so that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. But I don't think with Rager being there, with uh, with Jaws being there in his second season, whether you hate him or love him, I think he's going to get better. <laughs> he kind of has to. Um, you know, I they're going to have better options this season, and they're not going to need to – unless there's injuries or anything like that, they're not going to need to rely on him as that receiving back as much, or at least not down the field where he was, I mean, he was getting some like 20 yard bombs and stuff uh, towards the end of the season. I had him, So I, I know for a fact I was watching those things happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I looked, I looked at that too. So he, his targets went up one or two per game, like the final from week 11 to week 16, he was getting five or six. And before that, he was getting like three or four most weeks. So it's not like he had a huge jump. Um, what we did see was an increase in just carries in general. And that's, I think, what I'm looking for is I think he's going to maintain that. He's going to probably be a guy that gets, you know, 15 to 18 carries and four to five targets a game. And 
in an offense that I think is going to be doing pretty well that has more weapons now. So that I think they'll be, they'll have better opportunities to score and he's going to get more carries inside the, the red zone. That's something that I'm willing to invest in. Yeah. And I definitely wasn't arguing with you. I was just really trying to play devil's advocate and, you know, I was just saying like, I guess that'd be the only thing I'd be concerned about, but honestly, like I think he's a top 12 running back. You know, I, I don't, I don't see any issues with that. And like you said, yeah, you might actually like Dobbins long-term uh, better or acres or whoever. Um, but for this season, you're probably going to be better off with, uh, with Sanders. And so, you know, of course, if you're rebuilding, it's not going to matter. You know, why are you drafting a running back anyway? But if you're, uh, you know, if you're contending, then you might be better off with Sanders anyway. It goes back to what we talked about previously. If you do that trade, Sanders blows up like we kind of expect him to do and we expect him to do really well. And Dobbins is stuck in that timeshare, you know, and other running backs like Akers and all of them are stuck in timeshares. Then you f- can flip Sanders, you know, in the off season for one of those guys, if you really wanted to plus, right. Like you can kind of get some of that, um, some of that back. Cause I think a lot of people are banking on these, these rookie running backs to kind of, um, be saviors, especially second half of the season. Kind of like they kind of expect what happened to Miles Sanders to happen with these running backs. The problem is it's not going to happen to all these running backs, right? You no, know, like it, it could happen, but they have legit competition as well. And it's a chance to maybe take advantage of some owners who are quick to panic or are, you know, going to, are going to start freaking out because their guy's not putting up 20 points a game and things like that. So the player that I decided to buy high on was actually the original player that I came up with to buy low on. Uh, and then I started looking at the DLF ADP for April. I wish that the May had come out uh, before we started recording this podcast, because I think it might change a little bit. It might actually go up a little bit. Uh, but at least with the April's ADP, uh, Sam Darnold was the quarterback 16 going off the boards in, uh, DL, in uh, Dynasty startups. And so I really originally wanted to say he was a buy low, but when I saw that he was a 16th quarterback going off the board, like I don't consider that a buy low. And just because I thought that he was lower than that, I'm going to go ahead and call him my buy high. And maybe that's cheating. Um, but, you know, like I said, we, we don't want to talk about some of the same players that we've talked about before. So I wanted to go ahead and bring him up because I feel like a lot of people have given up on him. And yeah, in a super flex league, because obviously we're not going to be talking about a quarterback in a one quarterback league. You know, you don't want Sam Darnold in a one quarterback league, <laughs> or at least you don't want to pay anything for him. You definitely don't want to trade for him. You want to wait for somebody to drop him and, and then pick him up. <laughs> I barely want him in a super flex. So don't even try in one QB league. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, but in a super flex league, you know, people aren't just going to give you Darnold. So you are going to have to pay for him. Um, And, you know, there's a good chance you might have to pay a first for him. Uh, I don't think you're getting him for a second. Uh, I really don't think you're getting any quarterback for a second. I know in a previous pod, we talked about, you know, how the poll on Twitter said that uh, you could get Mayfield for like an early second. I think it's BS. I I don't believe it for a second. But the reason why I want to go ahead and buy Sam Darnold is that, A, he's 22 years old. He's going to be 23, you know, when the season starts. So, I mean, he's actually younger than some of the quarterbacks coming in to the, you know, the, from the rookie class this season. And that was one of the things, like, he actually produced as a rookie in the NFL 
as a 20, uh, as a 20 year old uh, quarterback. And so that, that to me shows that he actually has the capability of doing it. Now, of course, then Gase comes in and Gases everything up. Well, just like we've talked about on, on some of the previous pods, like Gase is either going to figure it out or, you know, they're going to figure it out as a team or Gase is going to be gone. So I'm really not worried about Gase long term. Um, and I really don't think that the Jets are just going to give up on Darnold because I don't think he's done anything to make them think, oh, he can't be that guy. He can't be a good player. Uh, besides his mono thing, he's stayed healthy. Um, and honestly, like he has some he has some decent uh, attributes and uh, decent uh, you know stats to, to back it up. And so you know as I was looking at it, obviously he missed those three games last season and yet he was still 19th in pass attempt distance last season so you know what that's total pass attempt distance so like obviously if he if he plays those full three games like he's probably up closer to like 12th or something around there um obviously that's not an exact science that's just a guess on my part but he uh he only had 19 passing touchdowns last season which you know isn't terrible it was a 4.3 percent touchdown rate um, which was 24th uh, in the league. But, you know, once again, he missed, he missed those three games. And honestly, 4.3%, considering what he had, uh, if you look at playerprofiler.com, his supporting cast efficiency was negative 5.02, which was 28th in the league. Now, obviously, they, they gained or they added all those offensive linemen in free agency. And then they added what most people are probably considering the best offensive linemen in the draft in Becton, or at least like the most athletic uh, offensive linemen. And, you know, he's going to, he's going to jump right into that tackle spot and he's going to protect Darnold and give him that extra time that he needs. Darnold's not really a, a rushing quarterback. That's not his style. He needs that. He needs that pocket presence, like an actual pocket to to stand behind and deliver the ball to, you know, Mims 200 times like he's going to do this year. So, <laughs> um, Crescent's shaking his head again. So, <laughs> um, I know, I'm letting, letting John ramble on about his love boy of Sam Darnold. Um, one thing I was going to say, though, is Adam Gase doesn't like to necessarily throw the ball a bunch. I just pulled it up and with him as a head coach slash OC from 2015 to last year, these are the his rankings in pass attempts, 25th, 31st, 4th, 30th, 22nd. So one year, I mean, they decided to throw the ball a ton, right? But outside of that, he was more like bottom 10 in the league every time in pass attempts. So I like the, the TD percentage is great. No, I'm okay. Not great, but it's, it's good for, it's, it's average. For it's, it's really yeah, average. Like, that's, that's what you would, you'd want at least that, right? Like I understand that, but the problem is he's not going to have the volume to replace that. And that can be concerning in my mind. One of the things I would tell you is maybe, you know, like if we really don't believe in Gase and we really don't believe in this offense and we think he's going to be fired. We think the jets have a bad year. Don't you think Darnold's price could actually go down and you can get him later? I don't think so because I think that offensive line is going to be so much better that even – I mean, if we look at, at what he was doing at the end of last year, now maybe someone will – maybe you'll disagree or maybe someone else will disagree with me. 
But I think that what they're going to be rolling with this season is obviously the offensive line, but even just the the receivers that they're going to have there are actually going to be as good, if not better than what they had last season. And, you know, obviously like you, you all know at this point, like I love Denzel Mims. Uh, he's, he's one of my pl- favorite rookies. And then, you know, I don't think that Brashad Perryman and Robbie Anderson are that different of players. And uh, honestly, <laughs> Crescent might disagree. But, hold on, um, hold on, hold on. I, I, I mean, I think the Jets improved their offensive weapons um, because I think Mims and Perriman are better than Robbie Anderson and, or Robbie Anderson. And I actually cannot even off the top of my head think of who the other – guy across him was Quincy Anunwa Anunwa was like supposed to be there and he never was he he, but he had the neck injury yeah he had a neck injury I think he had multiple neck injuries um I think he actually just retired (laughs) um and then they had uh Demarius Thomas at one point I don't think he lasted very long uh you know obviously the Jameson Crowder I mean that's really that's really it. That's why Jameson Crowder had his, you know, 19 target week in week one of last season, because there was really no one else. And, you know, that's why I I, I agree. I I think there's a big difference in my mind between Perriman and Roby Anderson, because Anderson's shown he's, you know, he can put up some really amazing weeks. I don't think Perriman's as good. Um, But I do think overall the Jets weapons have improved. And like you said, the O-line's improved. So I I probably worded it. I probably worded it wrong. I, I really meant to say like Rashard Perriman kind of fills that role. Um, not saying that he's as good, but just that, you know, he kind of fills that role. And now you actually have like a legit wide receiver one, albeit a rookie uh, coming in, you know, in Mims, you still have Crowder. Um, hopefully, hopefully Herndon's going to come back healthy. And then that actually gives you another thing. I mean, people were really excited about Herndon last year and, you know, even the year before. And, and then, you know, he just got hurt. So I, I think overall the offense is going to be a lot better. And if we look at what he did towards the end of the season, I mean, he didn't have like amazing games or anything, but he was putting up, he had some decent weeks. I mean, he, he, he had uh, 21.7 points in week 10, 25.4 week 11, uh, 28.2 in week 12. And then it kind of dropped off from there. Uh, not, not the greatest weeks, uh, 10.5, and he had 17.1, 13.8, 9.6, and 9.8 to finish the season. But, you know, I think it kind of shows that even without having any kind of offensive line whatsoever and, you know, with worse weapons, he still put up a decent season for you. And so I don't think you can – I don't know that you'll actually be able to buy him lower uh, if you wait because what if he just goes out and has one of those 25-point weeks? You know, he, he can obviously do it. And if he has a little more time to do it, then, you know, I, I would say that it's risky. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it's risky. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking more of in that sense of like, because I don't think either of us believe in Adam Gase. Um, and as a result, I just think if they don't have a good enough season, he's out. And if they don't have a good enough season, that probably means Darnold did not have, you know, he didn't have a great year, and if he doesn't have a great year, then his value will go down. But I could understand maybe it was just the rest of the team was just floundering apart and they just lost games even though Sam looked good. But I just – it's tough for me to envision, you know, what I think will happen. 
and how I project that forward. But I can definitely see the avenue where, you know, he has better weapons now. He has a better offensive line. Maybe the extra time and the better players can help him have a better fantasy season. But like I've said before, I just – I'm not a believer. And as a result, I usually stay away from him. But I know you and a lot of other people really like him. So that's something I would try to take advantage of if I was a Darnold owner. But – yeah, it's it's probably more out of like necessity. Like if you need a quarterback, then you know, obviously in Superflex once again, then Sam Darnold's probably one of the few that you could probably actually get for like a decent pick. Um just looking, you know, I'm I'm thinking somewhere, you know, like 110, 111, 112, something around there you might be able to get Darnold for, especially like if if it's during your draft. And so that's what I'm kind of thinking. If you're like if you are one quarterback away from like being able to compete this year, then I'm going and buying uh, Darnold. I really wanted to, like I said before, I wanted him to be my buy low guy. I was really thinking he was going to be in the twenties or, you know, like early twenties, mid twenties, somewhere around there in ADP. And he wasn't. Uh, So I was kind of hoping that I would be able to buy him as like my third quarterback. And it doesn't seem like that's going to be like too realistic unless I'm willing to pay that, uh, 110 or something for my third quarterback which I don't know if that really makes sense at that point you know unless you're unless you're really unless you have a guy like Matthew Stafford or or something like that where you might need to have that third quarterback in place just to be safe we went through our buy by lows and by highs when it came to to these veterans um if you make any deals with these guys you know send us the screenshots let us know see we want to see what you guys end up doing um, if you guys have suggestions about some vets you think are good at that you want to buy high on or you want to buy low on, you know, comment when we drop the pod on on Twitter. We love to hear from you guys. We love hearing from from listeners and getting feedback from all of you. So um, go ahead and do that. Check out John's latest pod, his solo pod, where he tries to go out. My boy, um, Kenyon Drake. We had to name drop Drake because we had to keep our quota going. So. <laughs> Well, uh, until then, I think we'll we'll see you guys next week. No, definitely check out the other pods. Like we said, uh, you know, we're so happy to have joined the uh, fantasy football twenty four seven family, and you know, we're going to be putting out a lot of stuff for them. Uh, absolutely, go follow Crescent on Twitter at two oh nine. I am not as great of a follow and it shows because I don't have quite as many followers, but I also don't put out the threads like he does. So, um, you know, but definitely go follow him, go follow the FF ball all day, uh, thread and, uh, you know, see what they're putting out, what we're putting out and, uh, we will catch you next time until then we're cashing out. (laughs) 